free of our, our lesson tonight is what I'm going to uh, be talking about uh, is to uh, <coughs> continue in one accord as a church. Amen. Continuing in one accord. That's what, you know, let's read Acts, the second chapter. Acts chapter 2, and I will begin reading, why don't I just begin reading at the 37th verse. Amen. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm sure all of you heard that scripture before. This promise is unto you and your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his words were baptized, and the same day there was added to, the, to, the, to them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfast. Amen. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in the fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayer. Amen. They, they stuck together like, uh, like glue. I guess they they were all in the same battle fighting the same thing whatever and they were in one accord the Bible says they were there was no friction there and uh, I, I I read this and I Acts 2 and 20, or 42 and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. That'd be a good thing to preach, wouldn't it? It'd be a good thought. What was the apostles' doctrine? I just got through reading it, reading it to you. That was the plan of salvation, right? That was, that, was a, that was a Christian doctrine. That was the doctrine that the church started with. I said that a little bit last Sunday, didn't I? talking about that. Amen. Amen. The up, let me just say, the upper room was the place that Jesus told in the first chapter of Acts for them to continue in, 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 in Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. And they did go up to the upper room and stayed there. And there was approximately 500 people, I think. It was, you know, there is not much of you know, the don't know for sure where all 500 of them came back and went up the upper room or not, but there was only 120 there when the Holy Ghost fell. And they were continued in one accord, in one place, and then suddenly there came a sound from heaven. There's a rushing mighty wind. Unity is the most powerful thing there is. I... Uh, now I'm a little bitty fellow, and Mike's my son's. Uh, he, I used to whip him, but now he's he could whip me if I guess. I know he could now. And why that? I don't know why this flashed in my mind. 
But uh, unity or togetherness or somebody with you. Mike and I was in Budapest, Hungary. We were walking in the streets and uh, it was, when, you, when you're over there, there's always wanting to trade money with you, you know. They got trade, turn on your, your U.S. dollars and they give it to you in the, in the money that you can purchase whatever you want there. And then there's people that walks the street that does that. And uh, this guy said something to Mike and said, uh, I, I'll, I'll trade money with you for X number which was a whole lot better than the folks in the windows there. You know, they, they, make, they make their money, but he was, he was just going to kind of give it to us at just about the, the right amount of money for the things. And I didn't even, I, I was not, uh, I was just walking or looking around. And I was just trying to see all, this, all the scenery that was there or, you know, whatever. Just was looking to see where was going, what. And so they started changing the money. And he said, let me count it again. Now let's go. And so Mike said, that's not right. And he grabbed the money. Well, Mike grabbed him. And here come other guys to help, going to help this guy. I don't know how many it was. And I turned around when I see all the shuffle. What's going on here? They give Mike the money and walk away. I don't know what would have happened. But my, my walking in there, a little bitty guy like this, and all of them was, what's going on, y'all guys? But they were not aware that there was somebody else with him. And they didn't know who all else was with him. And uh, thank God, they just handed money, Mike's money back to him and took off because that was against the law for them to do that, but that's the way they made their living, cheating people. But, you know, it's, there's a lot of times that just one more person encouraging and helping and togetherness can help each other. Those disciples were in the upper room on a promise that God was going to give them something. And I'm sure probably, and you know, if you, I, I don't want to just kind of add a whole lot here, but I'm sure that they were asking, Peter, do you know anything? What, what's, that, what's that going to be he's going to give us? What's, what's, how's it going to be? I don't know. He told us going to be, but there's a promise from on high. And, and how, do, how, we know, how we know when is, he, when is it going to be here? They, they had no idea what it was going to be like. They had no comprehension of what kind of a, but there was going to be a, there was going to be a, something given to them. But they stayed there. Amen. The cow needed to be milked, but the neighbors could get that or whatever. We're going to stay right here until we get that. But they was maybe, as uh, somebody would say, uh, 120 was left, but 380. It left, decided, well, you guys let us know when it comes, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? There's a togetherness, brother, that happens to you and I, I believe, in this church. If we can, if we can all pull together, pull together. 
and that's a little, little kid's song. But we need to sing it sometimes to ourselves as, as adults. Because we are battling the same devil, facing the same problems, even many of us, amen, and we just need each other's strength. I'll never, t- I'll never forget Brother Whitford Black. He was, in, he was in Kansas City, Missouri, starting a church, and uh, some people was really uh, uh, getting down on some of his saints. And uh, so they called Brother Black to come over there, and when they were having this Bible study or whatever, and they wanted him to be there to, uh, to help them out. And so Brother Black was sitting at the table with these three ladies that uh, had been witnessing, and I, I could tell the name of the group of people that had been knocking on her door and so forth, and uh, was really giving her uh, problems. But Brother Black said, I never said a word. I just never said a word. I just kind of leaned back in my chair a little bit against the wall. And she started witnessing to them and telling them scriptures. Like I just read to you a while ago, Acts 2.38, you know, about them, the Holy Ghost. And I've got the Holy Ghost. They said there's no such thing as the Holy Ghost. She said, I know I got it. I got it. Ain't that right, Brother Black? Yes. And he said, so he said, the only thing I ever said was yes. And boy, she got all anointed and just kept on even talking. The guy said, we, 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 we just going to go. Let's go. Let's go. The ladies did. Said, I didn't say a word except Yes to what they were saying. Ain't that right, Brother Black? You know, the only, th- a good dog is, the, a good dog is, uh, all you have to do is hiss him sometimes. Come on, get him. To make him a good dog. Tree tr- 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 the coons or whatever. But you need each other for strength. Amen. They continue steadfast. Amen. Amen. Together. Togetherness. Amen. And I, uh, I do know, I, I don't mean to really, well, let me just read these scriptures. Luke chapter 24 and verse uh, And it's just, uh, he said, and behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued from on high. You can read that. It's with his, and then Acts, the uh, first chapter. Now, this is what I've just got through talking about, but let me just read it for you. Acts chapter 1, and I'll read verses 4 and 5. And it says like this, And being assembled together with them, commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, You've heard of me. For John truly baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And you can read on through there, 7 and 8. And it's a, it's a tarrying, together, amen, unified, 7 and 8, Amen. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. They did not know what it was, how it was going to be. But they knew it was going to be something from heaven, right? 
Amen. Now, I, I did preach from that Sunday, make these statements Sunday. And I, it's because I already had my notes here and it just come to my mind. Bible Azusa Street Revival. And it, the thing that's really, I want to stress on each one of us is this. There was not a theologian among them. Amen. This uh, good brother, William Seymour, he had only one eye. He was half blind, and he was not an educated person by zero means. He goes to Los Angeles because somebody asked him to come out there, and he wanted to preach. And when he gets out there, he preaches, starts preaching that there's a Holy Ghost experience to get because it was back in Orchard, Texas, that the Holy Ghost was being poured out, and he just, he just, he just wanted it. He couldn't. He prayed. He didn't get it. He, they, they asked him out here and preach. So he goes out here and starts preaching, and he tells them about the Holy Ghost, and they kicked him out of the church. And so he got some people together. I think they was, I got it wrote down here somewhere, how many people was with him that went to that house, and they said, well, we don't know no place to go. Let's just pray and they started a 10-day prayer meeting. On the third day, the Holy Ghost fell. Amen. There were seven men, excuse me, started a 10-day prayer. Third day, the Holy Ghost fell, and the rest is history. Azusa Street came from that. And then they were all in one mind, in one accord, in one place, and the greatest revival of Christianity since Pentecost, I think we could say it, was there. Every denomination, every denomination, Christian denominations, every, from every Christian belief came there and got the Holy Ghost and became a Pentecostal. Amen. That's what's needful again. And if you'll excuse me for saying Charles Finney. Have you ever heard of Charles Finney? How many have ever heard of Charles Finney? How many have ever read his books or read about him, read his stories? Charles Finney was a lawyer. Now, see, there's, a, there's, Charles Finney was a lawyer and he got so uh, praying and seeking the Lord that he just left his practice and started preaching. And historians would all tell us that Charles Finney, if he went to preach a revival somewhere, he spent the first two weeks in the woods praying before he ever preached his first sermon. And when he started preaching, and he was not a Pentecostal preacher in one sense, but I guess you would say he was in another because the power of God was so strong that people would, he, he, he took his hand and fanny like that and everybody just fell over, passed out. And uh, some of the mighty moves of God, that was in the 18th century. But let me tell you, same God will work the same way if we had the same kind of people. And I'm with them. I'm with you. 
Come on. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not getting no amens, but, but we've got, we've got what we've got because of, of what we've done. And we could have more if we push a little further. But we're the army of God. <laughs> I'll never forget. He met my. Uh, he he came to Bible college when I was there, and uh, when I can't call his name now, he was a preacher at Texas Bible College, pastor or president of Texas Bible College in latter years. Uh, just blanked my mind out. But uh, he. Uh, he said this, he said he, he was up preaching in the organ at that time, and he said, uh, he said, here's the, here's the way it is to Uncle Sam. He said, on Reveille time, you know, when they, when they call the fallout, you know, they start calling the roll. And he said, uh, Jones, where's, where's Jones? I said, Sarge said, uh, Jones, Jones's family is going to have a reunion and he went to be with them. That's okay. We got to keep our family ties together. Uh, so, uh, you know, he, we, he, in other words, he's not AWOL. He's just decided he'd go home. Uh, Smith, Smith. Oh, yeah, Smith. Where's Smith at? We, we, he called his name. Well, uh, Sergeant says uh, Smith is a, uh, said he, he uh, him and his wife's having problems and so and so forth, and oh well, yeah, we got to straighten those out. And then let me see Johnson. That's a good name too. Johnson, where's Johnson at? Said this. Sarge said Johnson is over in the barracks, and he said he wasn't going to come out until you come over and apologize to him. <laughs> and he said, "Now this that never happens in Uncle Sam's army." But in God's army, it happens every Sunday. Something. Okay. One mind and one accord. One unified. One agreeing together. One standing with each other. Amen. Amen. You know... God can use every one of us if we will make ourselves available to him. And we, I think every one of us has some talents that we could, we could allow. God can take the least one of us and use us mightily. He can bypass uh, Brother Harrelson and I, I guess, you know, or whatever you do that, if you understand what I'm saying, because of this is what the Lord Jesus Christ did. There was 70 members of the Sanhedrin, all educated and all well-versed in the scriptures and, 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 and the law and so forth. And Jesus began his ministry. He started calling fishermen. And I heard a sermon today about Peter. Uh, he might have put his foot in his mouth, but he was still there. 
he might have denied him knowing the Lord, but he was still there. Even he had struggles in his walk with the Lord, but he's, he's hung in there. Did not really understand everything that the Lord was teaching, but the Lord just kept on teaching. Amen. And Peter was still there. Making sense? God has always picked up people. Amen. From a submissive life or whatever. And those up there, that the Sanhedrin, normally people would have thought, why won't he go up there to the Sanhedrin and sit them down and get a little... Uh, uh, Communication with them, see if he can win some of those Sanhedrin people, uh, Caiaphas, Annas, amen, the chief priests, and so forth. Jesus never even bothered them when he was getting people to, to birth the church. He got people like you and I, he got people that he could use would be submissive. The first, the first time that Jesus went out and got him a stone and laid it down and said, we're going to spend the night here, they say, I'm going to go back to town. But the disciples hung in there with him for three and a half years. Am I making sense? I'm just trying to tell us God has a purpose for all of us being here and, and, and God can use any of us. We just got to need, we just need to make ourselves available. Acts chapter four. I will begin at verse number eight. This is this guy named Peter. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what we need. Said unto them, ye rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deeds done to this impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you and to all of the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God hath raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is a stone which was set at naught by the builders, which had become the head of the corner, and neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none in the name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when, now when they heard, or when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, now, this is, this is where the third chapter when the young man at the gate was, was healed. Got up and started walking and jumping and praising God. But they said, you know what? These are ignorant guys. Let me just read that 13th verse. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they said, I don't understand this. God is using them? 
Hello? God can use you? God needs people that will be obedient. Amen. Amen. That's what God needs, people that will be willing to follow him, be obedient, and so forth. That's number three to the togetherness. If we all can pull together and stick together and Amen. And, and get all feelings. What is it? Excuse me for thinking about some situations. I have seen families, um, husband and wife, live together for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe more. And all so much love and so much togetherness or whatever, as far as I was looking at the situation. But then something happens, and I'm not going to try to figure out what's happening every time, but something happens that that feelings and attitudes toward each other has been harmed by some something. And then that family can never, you can, they, they can't forgive each other. They can't, uh, amen, just uh, say, I'm sorry, and let's just work together here, and we're going to do this. I just read an article, I just read an article that a woman, her husband got killed or died or missing, come up missing, and uh, for 20 years she'd been living by herself, and and trying to get along and so forth until one day her lost husband that was classified as dead, she met him in the street. Wow. What's, what, where you been the last 20 years? Well, I just didn't want to come home. Lived together for quite a number of years and then Whatever I'm not I'm not really talking about marriage now, right? But I'm just telling you, divisions can come, and we need to be together, fighting the same battles, praying for each other, amen, and helping each other, amen, to make it. Pardon? Stays together, amen. Hallelujah. Now. Matthew chapter 26. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to run a long ways in this, I guess, but Matthew 26. I'm changing my subject here a little bit. When Matthew 26 and verse 21 and 22. My fourth thing. Third one was togetherness. Number four is teaching others. Teaching others. 26 and 21. And as they did eat, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. 
and they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in this dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man of whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good if that man had never been born. And that's then the disciples. Um, they they said, is, is, "Is it I?" Back up to uh, verse number twenty-two. Every one of them said unto him, "Lord, is it I? Is, is, is am I am I going to betray you? Am I going to am I going to turn against you, Lord? I've followed you for three and a half years, and, and you you tell me one of us is going to do it." And every one of them said, "Is it I?" Well, except the one. Amen. And then verse 25, Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. Now I want you to notice one thing. Every one of the disciples, 11 of them, asked, Lord, is it I? And then at first here, Judas asks, and he says it like this, Master, teacher, teacher. Jesus was noted to be a teacher. Rabbi, uh, G Judas did not address Jesus as Lord. And in fact, uh, there's only there's two of the two of the gospels that mentions it. I mean, you go back to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 47. When Judas came out with the military, with the uh, Roman soldiers, verse 47, and while he yet spake, lo, Judas came one of the twelve came and with him the great multitude with swords and stays when the chief priest and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, whomsoever I kiss, the same is he, hold him fast. And forthwith he, Judas came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master. Teacher. I've heard you preach a lot, teach a lot, you know. But Judas never recognized Jesus as being Lord. Even his great teachings he had, he, he was, he, he was, uh, he was not given the Lord Jesus Christ, his position. Amen. Jesus taught in the synagogues in Nazareth. Jesus taught in the houses in Galilee. It's where they tore the roof off to get to him. Amen. Jesus taught on the hillsides of Galilee where he's, amen, Matthew 5 and 6 and 7. Amen. 
Amen. Is the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Amen. Jesus taught, amen, from a boat that Peter loaned him to, so he could stand the boat and minister to the people on the shore. Amen. Jesus was teaching, teaching, teaching. Amen. Uh, he, he was imparting every one of us. That's what I'm taking. Teach others. If you're not good at teaching with your mouth, we can all teach with our bodies and our life and their examples. Amen. Now we're talking about things, and that was several things that a Christian, yeah, he, he should offer himself as a sacrifice or, you know, take up his cross. Yeah. And uh, now we need to share what Lord has done for us by teaching, amen. Jesus was known as a teacher. He was, he was a Bible school teacher, amen. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. Let's turn to uh, Mark's same, same thing. He, he called him master. Uh, um, Psalms chapter 41. Psalms chapter 41, and I will begin reading. I read, read just number one verse of scripture. And it's a referral back, not verse number nine. I'll read verse eight. An evil disease saith they cleaveth fast unto him, and now that he lieth, he, he shall rise up no more. And I think I think I might have it. But verse number nine. Yea, my own family, familiar friends in whom I trusted, which did eat with my bread, they have lifted up their heel against me. Amen. Uh, David was David was basically referring to back to uh, Judas. Amen. It, it, here in this in this passage of scripture. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I want to read just what, by what Peter preached. In a, now, I've been talking about Peter quite a bit tonight. But Acts, the second chapter. Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, right? But this ignorant and unlearned man He'd been with Jesus for three and a half years. He didn't graduate from no school. He didn't have no uh, sheepskin on the wall. Acts chapter 2 and verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and ye dwell at Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and hearken unto the, to my words. These are not drunk as ye suppose, but it's the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. What is that? The last day he's going to pour out his spirit. You know, that's, that's the first one. And uh, let's jump on down to the 22nd verse. And the 23rd verse. Amen. Let's just, I'll begin to read verse 21. And it came to, and it shall come to pass in that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And 
how ye men of Israel, ye men of Israel, and hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, amen, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified, amen, and slain. And then, amen. In verse number 25, and David spake concerning these, him, I saw the Lord always before my face, for he was on my right hand that I should not be moved. You read on 27. I got, I, my, my Bible here has stars out there. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, but will suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Amen. Because, amen, he's telling, there's a prophetical words. Verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, amen, knowing. And what Peter is doing, he is quoting Old Testament prophets and Old Testament things of, of, of concerning Jesus Christ. Now, where did he get all that stuff? He's a, he, he's, a, he's a fisherman, and he appears to be, to me, by when Jesus finished ministering from his boat, he told him just to depart from me. I'm a sinful man, oh God. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just an old whatever. But they had took knowledge that he had been with Jesus. And then Peter got up on the day of Pentecost and preaches, and I think it's three or four different prophetical scriptures. He's quoting, quoting, quoting them. And he didn't have a computer. It all wrote out. He was ad libbing that by the anointing of God because he'd been with Jesus. And nobody sometimes, when, we, when we're reading about Peter and all his interrupting Jesus and talking, you'd think that he was back there just twiddling his thumbs or something. But Peter was hearing what the Lord was saying. And then he turned around and published it on the day of Pentecost. Hey, I don't know. I wish I had a good mind like Peter did. But we all have knowledge enough. You've heard preaching so much that folks, we can all we can all tell the story. You've heard prophetical words. You've heard things. Amen. Why don't we just all start teaching other people? Now I'm not talking about us teaching each other. We're talking about every one of us can tell what God has done for us. And I'm, I'm going to conclude with, and I, I've already told this twice to uh, somewhere today. I was telling it. But, uh, oh, it's a brother. It was last Sunday night, I guess. Uh, about uh, telling what you, what you know, what you, what you experience, and so forth. And I had a couple of uh, men come knocking on my door 
or I should not say knocking on the door. I was out in the yard uh, working on my car, trying to get some tires. I didn't have enough money to take it to the, to the service station and get them. So I was bought some new tires, and I put them on the rims and put it on the car. And, and I had my car jacked up, two tires off of it. And I said, fellas, you just caught me at a bad time here. And uh, they said, uh, you ought to, you're supposed to always have time for God. And I said, okay. So I just sit down. I said, all right, tell me. Tell me what you got. Joseph Smith. And I said, no, 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 no. So don't get on Joseph Smith now. I mean, he got, he got killed because he was messing with another man's wife. I said, I'm going to tell you what, I'm, what you got. Tell me what you got. Tell me your experience in God. What, do you, what kind of experience did you have when you, uh, when you received the Lord? And they tried to tell me about Joseph Smith again. I, I said, okay, now, let me tell you what I got. Let me tell you my experience. My experience in the Holy Ghost. I, I spoke, I, I just told them what, what I was praying, and the Lord filled me with his spirit. And... Uh, I tell you what, it, I I was actually, I actually had an out of the body experience, I guess I could say. And uh, they started saying, "Well, we we need to go." And I said, "No, no, 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 no! Now wait just a minute. You've done stopped me from working and said you need to take some time for God." You know, I said, I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you my testimony. And I told them. You have an experience in God that you can tell. Hey, you know, I'm not off the lesson now. You've got to teach others and talk to others and witness to others. You have a testimony that the, many of the denominational churches here do not have. They, they, well, I heard a theologian preacher said, when you accept Christ, you, will never, you won't never feel it. You will just, by your own faith, believe that, you know, you, you, there's no experience to come with it. And he was a theologian. Well, somebody needed to call and tell him, you ain't got nothing if you can't know it. Can't feel it. You got an experience that would, that would uh, I believe, wake up people to the fact that there is a really a living God and he has power. Amen. And we need to tell our story. I, I, I think I'm going to transfer right here. We need to tell our story. Amen? How many have got a story they could tell? Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. Most of you could tell a story that they, have, they do not believe, and they probably have never heard of an experience that you got when you got the Holy Ghost. But you got a story. You got an experience. You got a message. Amen. And I'm going to quit. But uh, we've got to teach others. Is it I? Judas didn't even know, or was he lying? Only thing I know is he did not recognize Jesus as his master, as a true master. Lord, he didn't say Lord. Teacher, Lord God, I thank you for your word.
and me, Lord, tonight. I know, I know, Lord, that there are things that we ought to be thinking and what we can do for you. And I pray, O oh God, tonight that, Lord, we make a renewal commitment to you to be a witness for you. Tell somebody, because we have a story to tell, that God would make a change in people's lives. I ask God to help us to be inspired and encouraged and challenged, amen, to be a witness for your name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you.